Welcome to First Turn, where we play board games for the first time and discuss our immediate reaction. It's like book club, but for board games. I'm Eric, and with me is Kiwi. Odin owns you! Again. I think I've done that one. This might be the most applicable, though. Yeah. Today we're going to be playing Odin's Ravens, designed by Thorsten Gimler. No thanks. Oh, is that a game? Yes, it? Yeah, it's a game. I thought you were just... Talking no, shit I wasn't being mean. something. No, that's their game uh, in the top thousand is no thanks, which I've heard people talk about, but I know nothing about. The artist was Johan Egerkranz, and it was published in 2015 by Osprey Games. Every morning, Odin sends his ravens, Hugin and Munin, across the entire world to bring back Hirunuma's history. <laughs> To bring back news of what life is like on Earth. Naturally, after thousands of years, they've gotten a little competitive. Race through the landscape in the opposite directions to be the first to return to Odin. Focus on speed or enlist the help of the trickster god Loki to create shortcuts and hinder your opponent. Can you be certain Loki's changes won't help your opponent instead? Uh, There's only one way to find out. The mechanics are hand management, race, and track movement. And, uh... The uh, box art is um, a uh, a black and white raven uh, seems to be uh, departing from Odin, who's uh, you know got a spear, uh, you know looks uh, big beard, standing on a on a rock. Um, yeah, and then the the title's in the sort of you know Nordic rune font. Yeah, you know what the art style reminds me of is the 1970s version of uh, The Hobbit. Like the way everything's sort of like pointy, uh, like everything, like everything comes to a point. There's nothing that's sort of soft. And then like the color palette just reminds me a lot of that movie. Um, yeah. And then, you know, it's Odin because he's got an eye patch and then Gugner the spear. But then also probably because the game is called Odin's Ravens. Yeah, it was a big, big giveaway there. Yeah, yeah. But the eye patch, the eye patch is the giveaway. That's also how I knew they were ravens. Yeah. All right. Uh, based on all this, would you pull it off a shelf? Uh, you know what? I think I would. I Like I said, like I'm a fan of that, uh, The Hobbit. And so this reminds me of that. And then I enjoy uh, Norse mythology. And then... Weirdly, like, I feel like every um, Osprey game that we've played, I've enjoyed. Uh, can you um, name some? Uh, yeah, so Undaunted would be probably the biggest one. Okay. Um, and then there was another one I feel like we played recently. Yeah, I feel like Undaunted is their biggest one. Um, I feel like there's another one we've played. So maybe, maybe it wasn't that great if I don't remember it, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll look it up in a uh, minute. Um, yeah, I, I think I would also pick it up. Uh, I mean, I do like Viking stuff. Viking games are kind of overdone, but this is a pretty unique twist on it where it's like a, a raven race. Um, so that's kind of cool. It's not like your normal, you know, dudes on a map pillaging sort of game, which I feel like most yep. Viking games fit into. So, yep. uh, yeah, I'm curious to see kind of how it plays out. Uh, so how do you think it's played? Uh, we're going to have a map of the world because we're racing around the world. I think, I don't okay. know if it'll be the whole world or if it'll just be like Scandinavian world. Um, or maybe it'll be like Norse mythology world where it's like, you know, the different, um, 
the different planes uh, or planes, whatever. Yeah, whatever they. Yeah, I don't remember the terms. Um, obviously, we're just gonna play a Raven. Uh, our yep. goal is to capture news, so maybe we're gonna have to go talk to some folk. There's different folk along the map that we got to go uh, move to. We're gonna have uh, hand management, so obviously this is all gonna be card based. Um, we're moving down a track, uh, and then we'll probably have some cards. So probably have some like movement cards, some gather news cards, and then some like Loki trickery cards or something that can can either help or hurt the other person or something. I don't know. Maybe some randomness there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the history of the well, I mean. I was going to go with history of the news because that's definitely what we would do to BP. Um, <laughs> or maybe BP, that's the way she would lean is get the history of the news. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So what, what, is, what, what, what do we have today for history? Gather round, mighty warriors, and let me regale you with the tale of Odin's ravens, Hugin and Munin. I don't, I don't know if I'm saying this right. In the days of old, when our ancestors roamed these lands and the gods walked among us, Odin, the Allfather, sought wisdom and knowledge from every corner of the cosmos. Odin, the wise and powerful ruler of Asgard, had a pair of ravens as his trusted companions. Hugin and Munin were their names, and they possessed great gifts bestowed upon them by the gods. Hugin, whose name meant thought, had the power to collect ideas and concepts, while Munin, whose name meant memory or desire, could remember and recall information with incredible accuracy. Each day, as the first rays of sun bathed the realm, Odin would summon his loyal ravens. With a flick of his mighty hand, he would send them soaring into the vast expanse of the world. Their wings beat with purpose as they embarked on their sacred mission to journey through the nine realms. Oh, realms, that was the right word. Yeah. Hugin and Munin would traverse Midgard, the realm of humans, where they would witness the struggles and triumphs of our kin. And they would fly high above Jotunheim, the realm of the giant spying on their machinations and schemes in, oh boy, Svartalfheim, <laughs> the realm of the dark elves, they would observe the secrets hidden within the shadows, and with sharp and keen minds, the ravens scoured the world for tidings of great import. They perched upon Odin's broad shoulders, whispering into his ears the knowledge they had acquired. Their voices carried the tales of battles fought and won, of feasts and festivities, and potential threats to Asgard. The wisdom of Hugin and Munin uh, became the lifeblood of Odin's rule. His in, their insights and observations allowed him to foresee the future and make decisions of great wisdom. The ravens were his eyes and ears, the trusted messengers from the furthest reaches of the cosmos. Uh, in the sagas, the images of the ravens were etched into our minds as black as night and sharp, and eyes sharp as the blade of a sword. They became the symbols of Odin's omniscience his connection to the unseen realms and his wisdom as the all father. Um, so this, this, this page says it, it is Hugin and Munin. And it also goes on for clarity. Both words should rhyme with the Finnish Swedish comic book characters, the Moomins. Uh, but I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right as well, but it does look <laughs> like Hugin and Mugen is correct. All right. Uh, and they are the old Norse words for thought and memory. Yeah. I said that in my history. You weren't paying attention. I wasn't. I was looking up how to say Hugin and Mugen. <laughs> or Moonin. There's no G in the second one. Uh, so you want to know how to play? Uh, you, you actually weren't far off. So uh, we're going to take role of Odin's Ravens, obviously, and we're trying to be the first to travel around the world and get back to Odin. Uh, the first player is the one to have last lost a race. So when is the last time you lost a race? 
Uh, define race. I I don't know. It doesn't say like could be a political race, could be a foot race, bike race, swimming race. I don't know. When's the last time you lost a race? Um, I mean, I've done a bunch of races where I didn't come in first. Did you win them? But that also, I mean, that uh, no. I don't think I've run a race in like decades. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, so on a player's turn, they choose how many cards from their hand they wish to play. Cards provide one of two actions, either flight uh, or trickery. So for flight, a card can be played that matches the next land type in front of a player's raven. Uh, or if you don't have a matching type, if you have two cards of the same type, you can then fly uh, to a different land location. So like if you want to fly into the forest and you don't have any forest cards, you could play two mountain cards and fly into that forest. If there happens to be a row of the same land, so like there's three forests in a row, then when you play that forest card, you would move automatically to the end of that group of forests. So you get to fly over multiple ones. And then for trickery, so these are going to be Loki cards. They're going to have a picture of Loki on the top, and then they'll have two different actions on the bottom. You get to choose one of those two actions. And then once you use that card, then it's removed from the game. So we're going to both start with eight. So there's 16 total uh, actions. And so we will get to use eight of them throughout the game. Uh, the actions will allow movement of either ravens. You can shift lands around. You can add to the route, subtract to the route, draw more cards. Um, the only exception is, is that any land that has a raven on it cannot be moved. So then at the end of the player's turn, they're going to draw three cards. We're going to have two different stacks of cards. We're going to have land cards and Loki cards. You get to pick which decks you draw from, but you only get to draw three cards total. If you drew those three cards and you have up to uh, more than seven, then you have to discard down to seven. If you discard any Loki cards because of this, they get removed from the game. So if you take them out of your hand for any reason, they get removed. Uh, land cards are going to go to a discard deck that if you go through all of your land cards, because we're going to work from different decks. We're going to have we have our own personal decks. Uh, the game ends immediately if the player who went second, so in our case, Eric, uh, has their raven reach the end of the track first. That player is then the winner. Otherwise, if I reach the end first, Eric, you will get one final turn. Then if you are able to reach the end in that final turn, the player who has the most cards in their hand is the winner. And if it's still tied, then the game says we have to play again to determine the winner. And those are all the rules. All right. Sounds uh, straightforward. Um, let's play. We just finished a game of Odin's Ravens. To recap, uh, Kiwi, who was playing, which bird did you want? Uh, Moonen. Kiwi playing Moonin uh, came in second, about seven spaces left to go, and I playing Hoogan, Hoogan uh, came in first. Uh, so I'm the I'm Odin's favorite bird. Yep. Uh, winning strategy. Uh, I mean, 
really probably the only big strategy was trying to time the loki cards like the first couple i got i just played immediately but then i held on to a couple being like okay there's probably gonna be a key moment um especially since like my big goal i had a big stretch of uh wasteland cards i was trying to set up and i didn't want to set that up too early because I thought you would probably just undo it. So I kind of waited till I was there and ready to go. And then I did it as I moved. So uh, that was really yeah. the only probably strategy I felt like. Yeah. I felt like you had some good use of the Loki cards to shift things around for you. Um, to like line up those big pathways so you could do big jumps. Yep. Um, and that's always yeah. that sort of like decision of like, do I help myself or screw Kiwi? And yeah, and I, I felt like it was interesting because I think there was only like because the cards that like screwed me, there's only one I feel like that is really like you have to choose. Do I hurt myself or do I help myself or do I hurt somebody else? The other cards, it was kind of like they helped you. Like it wasn't a choice, right? It well, was yeah, they did it both. Depended, they though, they, they like, helped you and hindered you. It depended because like I could have just swapped a card that had no impact on me, but slowed you down. Or I could have slid a card that, I mean, slid is kind of a helps, helps you, hinders them. Yeah. But like, I think you could swap cards solely just to slow somebody down. Or, yeah, but I feel like you can move so quick because like you did some like massive jumps. And I feel like if I had used card, used those cards to hinder you more, I don't know. Like, I feel like I needed to help myself yeah. mostly. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, theme, did you feel like Odin's ravens racing around the world to bring him messages? I mean, I, I don't know if I felt like I was a raven trying to bring him messages or gathering anything like that. I did feel like we were racing, yes, but I, that is true. There, was, there was no like gathering of information or like picking anything up. It was just like a race. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's it's a cool theme, um, but I don't think it really plays into the game too much. Um Oh, yeah, it did, it did feel like a race, but I don't know. It could have been anything, I guess. Uh, table presence. The art's nice and yeah. the cards, uh, like, I don't know how big the cards are, like, physically. Like, if they were tarot sized, I think that would be pretty cool. Um, you know, because once they're all lined up and you can see all the land and stuff, it would be pretty neat, I think. Um, and, you know, you're watching people move stuff around. I, I think it would draw the eye, I think. I think it would. Um, it's colorful. The it's like for basic terrain. It's it's nice. Yeah. Um. My I guess my one I mean nitpick would be, uh, maybe the Loki cards could have different Loki art for each of the different. Ooh, yeah. Types of um. There's there's what there's four of them. So just have four different yep. little pieces of art. That maybe yeah, also helped you kind of quickly determine which one it is. But I mean, it's it, it's not a big deal. Um, yeah. And then obviously all splayed out like this is, looks nice. Yeah, I think so. Uh, mechanics. You know, I, I felt like there were interesting choices. I think mechanic like the hand management is probably like the biggest piece, right? You were talking about, you know, trying to save your Loki cards in order to you know, set up those big plays, especially with that wasteland area. Yep. I think, you know, you know that there's a limit to the number of cards you have. There are a number of times where both of us were just like, and now I have no cards. Yep. So we had to spend a turn or two to get cards back. But I felt like 
I never felt bad when I had to, you know, not really waste a turn, but essentially do nothing that turn except for get cards, because usually that meant that I did something big in the previous turn. And you're setting up big for this. So a couple, I think one time I actually could have played a couple cards, but I chose to just draw in the hopes that I would get a Loki that could shift it to get more out of those two cards. Um, So I actually just sort of intentionally didn't had do anything for a round in the hopes that the next round I could do something bigger, um, which is kind of cool. Yeah. And then the fact that the Loki cards and the land cards are two different decks made mm-hmm. for like an interest. You know, we, we talked at the very beginning, like, does, is there any like recommendation? I was like, nope, I'm going to take three and two and you took four and one. Yep. Uh, and I don't know, like at the beginning of the game, if that really did anything. So I think one or two Loki cards is probably good. You probably don't want to take more than that because then you have fewer lands. Yeah. But, you know, those, especially since the Loki cards are are one one time use. So. Yeah. So you don't want to burn to them through them too quick either. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah, it was I mean, for a relatively simple game, I think there were a lot of good like mechanical things going on in it. Uh, rules. Uh, learning the game was very, very easy. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess the uh, only challenge was the Loki cards and there's a perfectly good page on what they do. And there were really no questions on on that. Uh, I guess there yeah, might have been my, some more like your little swap cards and slide interaction was a little bit more complicated. But um, yeah. Yeah, but there's an example like right in the rule book and I remembered reading it and it was easy to go right back to that page. Um, I think my only complaint is, is, you know, since we don't have a physical copy and it was a PDF, the PDF is uh, laid out incredibly poorly. Sure. But that's a super like piddly excuse. But I think the rule, everything was well explained. Uh, I mean, the page that we had open all the time was the Loki uh, card page, which, you know, essentially we're using that page as a player aid. So I have no complaints with that. And everything was pretty well explained. And the only, you know, thing that we had to go back in the rule book for was that slide action. But they they had a piece for it already. So it wasn't like, oh, we had to make it up on the fly. Yep. So yeah. Um player interaction. I mean, it, it's it's good. I mean, obviously it's a two-player game, so you, you expect some. Um, but it, it there's a bit of uh, like I said, sort of like, okay. I can affect him. He can affect me. I kind of want to do some things, but I don't want to do it too early because you might just undo it. Like one time I played a an added a loop to your path and you just undid it right away. But I imagine that affected what you were planning to do with that card originally. So, yep. And, and I think when I played that card, I actually said that's not what I wanted to do with this card, yeah. but it it's what I, I had to do to that card or I would have gotten nowhere. Yep. Yeah, so I think those little things, but it's also like a case of um, we both have the same Loki cards in the same amount, so we're both going to be able to have do all the same things. So it doesn't feel like, you know, like some games where you screw up somebody's route and like they're screwing over your gameplay, but you never get any cards or you never have usage to do it back to them and it just feels one-sided. But this kind of felt like, yeah, I I added a loop, you added a loop. I moved a card, you moved a card, so... Yeah, and I, I think that has a lot to do with uh, we're not drawing from the same decks. Yep. So like that luck of and, and the fact that you get to choose when you take a Loki card, the only thing you don't get to choose is which one you get. Yep. But you I felt like I don't think there was a single Loki card that I had that I was like, well, I can't use this. 
Like every they're single one useful. of them had a use. Yeah. yeah, they're all useful. So like you never feel bad when you get them and you get to choose when you get them. So if you don't have them, that's on you. Yep, exactly. Or if you choose to do maybe help yourself and not hinder the, the other player, that's also a choice yep. you make. So yeah, it, it's a little bit of like direct take that, but it all felt very fair and, um, you know, intentional. So, yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I agree. Um, would you play it again? Yeah, I really enjoyed it, actually. I wasn't uh, sure. Like, you know, we've played a lot of two-player games that are just sort of like hand management style. And when I read the rules, I was like, ah, this is super simple. I'm not sure how this is going to go. But I think that the super simpleness of it, that, like there's some strategic thought. Like, you know, we were both putting some decent thought into what we wanted to do, I felt like. Um, and for something so light and small, it was nice how much you needed to think about what you wanted to do. There's choices in like almost anything. And I don't feel like I was ever at a point where it's just like, well, I don't know what to do. I'll just do this. Yeah. Uh, I'm buying this. Okay. <laughs> I think this is, my, <laughs> I'll have to look at the cards, but this, I think it's a really good camping game. Yeah. Um, I just need to, the only problem is that they're in a long line, but I feel like you could also just do maybe two two rows. Yeah, I think, uh, you, I think yeah. you maybe just, just tweak it a bit. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is like, to me, this is like a really good camping game. Um, so yeah I, I, yeah, I might be picking this one up. So <laughs> it's, uh, I want to see the size of the cards because like if this fits in the quiver, it could be a quiver game. <laughs> Yeah, I can't quite uh, tell from pictures. They look like they might be standard poker size. Yeah, I, I think like Kate would like this. It's good for camping because it's not like too much. It's it's lightweight, so I, I like it a lot. Good yurt game. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. It definitely, yeah, it would definitely work well in a yurt. Yeah. And maybe if you had a very long rock or a flat log, it would work very well as well. Yeah. All right. Uh, that was Odin's Ravens. Uh, so if you have any recommendations of games you would like to hear our impressions on, please send them our way. You can do it via email at firstturntabletop at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at firstturncast. And if you have a Raven, you can send us one of those as two as well, I guess. Um, and the podcasting camel says, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcatchers. We look forward to hearing from you. Play more games. lot of uh hand waving and gesticulating that no one will see uh and then i pointed at the microphone like buddy christ so <laughs> i don't know why i did that